What's up, everybody? You ready for some baptisms today? We have checked the weather. The sunshine is coming out. Uh, we are so excited. Sunshine, 80-some degrees, most importantly. Uh, every time I get an update, there's more people signed up for baptism. Uh, they're like, Pastor Michael, we're past 30, we're past 40, we're past 50, we're past 60. Every time I'm checking the phone, I'm getting more updates, some from prior service coming back, uh, getting their clothes, getting ready, joining us again. Ontario uh, is coming over after their location, second service, and so uh, we are going to be celebrating with heaven today over all of these people getting baptized. Will you keep your applause going? Let's welcome all those joining us online. We are glad you are with us today. I want to give a shout out. I don't always do announcements per se. I let the stage host handle updates and what you need to know. Uh, but I do want to say on my end, just because I really, really, really value relationships, I don't think life is meant to live alone. I think life is better together. I often say that life moves at the speed of relationships. Monday night is our women's night right here at Storyside Bellevue. Crafts, coffee, they got food, refreshments. Uh, it's going to be a great time at 6 o'clock. You can stop by in the lobby today, get signed up for that. Uh, the team has been working, gathering all the craft items and stuff. And you, I believe, I hope, are going to have, even when I was saying craft stuff, I was like, I think you're going to have a good time. Uh, <laughs> from what I've heard, um, and then I... And then I want to give a special shout out to the men's night this week on Wednesday night. Let's go, men. We have a bunch of craft stuff and paint. And <laughs> actually, we are going to the water. We have food, cookouts, grills. It's ready, boats, tubes. Uh, that's what we're going to do on Wednesday night in Apple Valley. Uh, so you, can, you guys can see all of the information online. Uh, you want get all the information, or if you want to stop by the tents in the lobby and get the information there. It's going to be a great time uh, to connect. Speaking of men, women, relationships, marriage, I heard the joke. I heard the, <laughs> I heard the joke about the husband who stole a can of peaches. A can of peaches. And so he gets caught, and he has to stand before the judge and the judge says, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sentence you for one day in jail for every peach that was in the can of peaches. How many peaches were in the can? And the husband thought for a moment. He said, I, I think there was five. And the uh, judge said, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sentence you to five days in jail because there was five slices of a peach in the can. The wife who was with him that day, she was sitting right back. Uh, here, she actually stood up in the middle of the sentencing, and she's waving her hand. She said, Judge, he also stole a can of peas. <laughs> That's not funny. I was reminded this morning when I was praying over the gatherings today and over the river baptisms, I was reminded of what I've shared before, but, but with the Hatfield-McCoy feud, those of you that have studied that feud at all, the violence, the hatred, they think there could have been a lot more than the recorded deaths. So just with that few, there's about 15 documented deaths that took place because of the violence that they had between the families. Some believe that number's even higher. But one interesting thing with the story that I was reminded about today is they say that at the age of 71, uh, Anne's Hatfield, uh, who they say, and I'm quoting, was weary from the conflict. How many knows that sin and even the fallout of sin, it can drain you. It can drain you. Weary from the conflict, decided to give his life to Jesus at age 71 and was water baptized. And his family said that he spent the last 10 years of his life in peace. I'm so thankful that regardless of young all the way up, not that you have to be 71, but I'm so grateful that when Jesus enters the equation, that everything in your life can change. And he can give you and I peace like no one and nothing else can. I want to read to you today out of Luke chapter number three. Luke chapter number three, that is where we are going to draw our text from today. I want to share for probably about 20 minutes, and then I'm going to have uh, some of our uh, individuals that are being baptized today. They're going to come to the stage, join me here on the couches. 
We're going to have a couch conversation for a few moments. Then we're going to sing Graves into Gardens. Uh, that was just an ad this morning. That was not in the plans this week, but I had it playing this morning, felt it in prayer, asked the team. They agreed. We're going to close out the service with Graves into Gardens, and we'll take that spirit back to the river baptisms. Luke chapter number three, verse number three says this, and he, we're talking about John the Baptist, and he went into all the region around the Jordan proclaiming a baptism of repentance. I want you to see three baptisms in the verses that I'm going to read to you today, three baptisms. The first is right here, a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Do you see that? That's the first baptism. Verse number 16, if we jump down to verse 16, John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Verse 19, but Herod the Tetrarch who had been reproved, I would like that word to jump out to you, reproved. He had been reproved by John for Herodias, his brother's wife, and for all the evil things evil things. There's different words that jump out to me when I'm reading this chapter. This is one of them, evil. All the evil things that Herod had done. Added this to them all, he locked John up. That's his response. He locked John up in prison. Final two verses, now when all the people were baptized, all the people, not just some or most, all the people that are hearing this, this story, this passage, they're being baptized and Jesus, people often say, Pastor Micah, why should I be baptized? A lot of things come to mind, but I think too, right, right quickly, number one, Jesus told us to be baptized. Matthew 28, 19, Jesus said, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Jesus told us to be baptized. Number two, Jesus was baptized. I'm not sure there's any gr greater model or example to us than Jesus who was baptized. The Bible said when he was baptized, the heavens are open, verse 22, the Holy Spirit descends on him in bodily form like a dove, a voice came from heaven and said, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. When you look at verse 3, if you're taking notes today, when you look at verse 3, you see the baptism of repentance, the baptism of repentance. The second baptism that we see, verse 16, is a Holy Spirit baptism, a Holy Spirit baptism. The third baptism that we see in this passage, we see it initially when John said, I baptize with water, and then in verse 21 and 22, we see all of the people are being water baptized. It's very interesting when you think of baptism, baptism could mean a lot of things to a lot of people. When you look at Jewish culture, you will hear words like mikvah or, or they, they take baptism so serious. Matter of fact, a lot of them will be baptized. Rabbi told me up to three times a year. Every year they'll be baptized because they look at baptism not only as a means of repentance, but they want to wash off what they call residue, uh, the things that build up on your life and you want to get rid of the residue. So they have repentance and residue. They also like to be baptized in moving water. So even if it is water that's not moving, a lot of times they will add water to that to have a lifeness or a freshness or a movement to the water. But baptism is a high, high priority to them. Luke in chapter number three is painting this picture of baptism and in this baptism, he's telling us these three, baptism of repentance, baptism in water, which we're going to do this afternoon, baptism of the Spirit. The word repent, this first baptism, baptism of repentance, the word repent means to turn or return, to turn or to return. I think that Repentance is something that you and I live with our entire lives. I think we have an initial repentance. Maybe we don't use the word residue like, like they do, but, but I think we live a life of repentance where we want to be turning towards God, 
not losing our focus, not getting distracted. Uh, sometimes we waver or wane in certain areas. We want to return to God. And I think repentance is something that we can live as a lifestyle. In the middle of Luke telling us in chapter 3, Janine, about these baptisms, he interjects and he says, he, he draws a comparison, he interjects and says, I want to give you the example of Herod and Herodias. And I want you to know that they were reproved, or in other words, they were corrected, they were challenged in what could have been a positive way, and they didn't accept it. Luke wants us to know that not everyone repents. Not everyone is going to make a decision to turn today. Not everyone will say, baptize me today. It's so interesting, so intriguing to me that right in the middle of these baptisms, of telling us about this voice from heaven, that he says, and I want you to know the timing. I want you to know what's happening with Herod and Herodias. I want you to know the outcome of this, to give you just a snippet of their story, just a piece of their story. Herod was on a visit to Rome and met Herodias, who was his brother's wife. How many knows this is getting crazy already? Herod seduced her, married her. Theologian Barclay said this, seldom in history has there been such a series of matrimonial entanglements as what existed in the Herod family. Now, from a young age, those of you that are parents and grandparents, those of you that didn't always agree with a coach or a teacher or a parent, how many knows that we don't always want to be told no? Right? We don't always want to be told no. The Bible, because I want to pause here in this passage, and I want you to see why would Luke be telling us about Herod and Herodias? Mark chapter 6, one of the other gospel writers says this in verse 17, Herod himself had ordered his soldiers to arrest John and put him in prison. And then it's going to tell us why. Not a can of peaches. I want you to notice why. Why is he arrested? Why is he put in incarceration? He did this to please his wife. She had been married to Herod's brother Philip, but then Herod married her. And here's the reason. John told Herod, it is not right. Could we say those four words together? It is not right. This is why he's going to prison and ultimately is going to have his head cut off. His head cut off. John. Here's the reason. Because he told Herod and Herodias, it is not right. It's not right for you to be married to your brother's wife. So Herodias hated John. She wanted him dead. This is the power of offense. If you've ever wondered, how can you get so offended you would rather someone die? Well, here it is. She wanted him dead. She was not able to persuade Herod to kill him. We know later on that her and her daughter was able to accomplish that. A lot of commentaries and scholars would write that Herod hoped that John would sanction their sin. John has crowds. People know John, people are following John, and a lot of commentaries would write that they were actually hoping that John would sanction the sin, in our initial readings in Luke 3, called them evil, that John would sanction their sin. He would say, it's okay. You repeated with me, it is not right. They wanted him to say, it is right. I'm sharing that with you today because if we are not careful, we could have in 2021 modern day Herod and Herodias mindsets where we too want people to sanction our sin where nationwide and worldwide, their name may not be John, 
They could be a leader, could be a legislator, they could be leading a business, leading a church, company, but if we're not careful, we could have the exact same approach where we want people to sanction our sin. We want them to justify what we should be repenting of. So Herod and Herodias should be attempting to get right with God. Right? It's evil. But instead, they want John to sanction their sin. We could fall prey to the same thing. I think it's why the gospel writers in the middle of these baptisms are interjecting the story. As we sit and listen to this and look at Luke chapter 3, I want you to see the danger of what we are reading today in that we also could want people to legalize what we should be repenting of, to excuse what we should be repenting of. To normalize, everyone's doing it, Micah. To normalize what we should be repenting of. And because John didn't, the Bible says Herodias hated John. What? It's not just Herodias, it's you and I from a young age. We don't like to be told, no, you shouldn't have done that, Herodias. You shouldn't have done that, Herod. You shouldn't have done that, Micah. Don't tell me that I need to forgive. Don't tell me I shouldn't be offended. Don't tell me I shouldn't go there or I shouldn't do that. Don't tell me. Herodias takes it all the way to the extreme of hating him and wanting him dead. Simply because, and you read the word with me, simply because John reproved. It's a very interesting word, reproved them. He told them it's not right. The Bible says in John 3, this is a King James Version, two verses, and so you'll see a lot of ifs. If you want to read along with me and just practice your ifs, you can. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because here's the reason their deeds are evil for everyone that, there's a chance for you to practice, doeth evil, hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be, here's the word I want you to see, lest his deeds should be reproved. You know, sometimes in my life, and I'm sure it's in your life as well, that the Holy Spirit, the light of God, the presence of God, can challenge us. You shouldn't have said that. You need to make that right. You need to apologize. I don't want you to do that again. And so if we're not careful, if that starts, you could just turn off the worship music and be like, I'm not in the mood right now. And then you could put your head on your pillow and the Holy Spirit's like, I'm still here. We're not ready to go to sleep yet. Have you ever had that happen? It's like, I want to go to sleep. And the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, but you need to make this right. All of these things that happen in our lives, I, I think it could have potentially happened for people like Herod and Herodias, but instead of opening up their heart to repentance, to this reproving, they in turn choose, let's arrest him, let's throw him in prison, ultimately let's behead him. And so in the writings of repentance, just to sum up repentance for you today as you're listening, because we all sin. If you say, Micah, do I have sin in my life? The Bible says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned. That's all of us. All have sinned. Repentance is when we turn from sin and we turn towards God. We turn from sin and we turn towards God. I think it is a good thing. I, I know 
in my life when it's happened, we wrestle with it, that head on the pillow or that God moment, it could even happen for you today. You can wrestle with it, I can wrestle with it, like, ah, I just don't know if I want to, and really it's your flesh wrestling with the Spirit of God is what's happening. But in that moment, I think we would all have to say, as much as it is a wrestle, Jake, thank God for it is not right kind of moments. Thank God that someone, ultimately the Holy Spirit, but people will speak into our lives and say, it's not right that you're doing what you're doing, or the Word of God, it's not right that you're doing what you're doing, and we wrestle, and the conviction of God says, there's a better you, and you can change, and I have more for you. Thank God. Thank God for these holy moments of it is not right. And so a question for all of us today in our final few moments, have I repented of my sins? Have I repented of my sins? You say, Micah, you know, I did in 1978. People will write dates down in their Bible or other places. But through the lens of a lifestyle of repentance, is there things even in your life today that you need to repent of? Is there someone today on site or online that you've never repented of your sins? I want to give you a few things that I believe come with repentance. So there's three baptisms, baptism of repentance, baptism in water, baptism of the Spirit. Today I just want us to look at this baptism of repentance. Here's a few things that I believe can happen with repentance. I had several men, it's very interesting, several men have tears today, even as they were exiting the building, and said, Pastor, will you pray for me? I prayed for several men today as they were leaving. One man has both hands raised in the air, tears streaming down his face, and he's telling me how what I'm going to share in the next few minutes, like, spoke to his heart today. He's crying. He said, I am leaving different than I came. That actually should happen in the presence of God. That's a beautiful thing, that we leave different than we came. And so I'm asking you to lean into this moment like they did and say, God, speak to me today when it comes to repentance in my life. Here's a few things that I believe can happen in repentance. The first is what I would call regret. Regret. That means I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There are two things that happens in our lives when it comes to, so the Bible here said evil things. I'm, I'm not, not even saying that yours are evil things. That's what it said about Herod and Herodias. You can do a self-assessment of your own life. Two things happen. Usually we are either caught, everyone say caught, or we confess. You're caught or you confess. Either way, ultimately, you feel sorry. So you feel sorry and you confess, or you get caught and you're sorry. Right? So you have, you have this regret moment. The danger is that sometimes we stay at regret. We stay at I'm sorry, but we never change. Right? So you have regret. Then you have, and there's no really particular order to this, I just want to give you a few things that I believe happens in this moment that we call repentance. You have what I would, I would call today remorse. So you have regret, I'm sorry, and then you have remorse. A lot can come with remorse. One of the things that could come with remorse is retribution. So my 31 years of some form of ministry, I've had a lot of people that will tell me, Pastor Micah, when I gave my life to Christ, I tried to make things right of everything I had stolen or cheated. Now that is something, if we had time today just to go into the story of Zacchaeus, when Zacchaeus has his God moment, he doubles everything that's expected of him. So everything he had taken, if you look at Jewish culture, everything he took, he actually doubled what he should have given back. And then he quadrupled some other areas. Because I think all of us have moments. I, I've had, like my own dad, my own dad 
tells stories about how when he gave his life to Christ, he had stole some things from a jewelry store and different things. My dad's parents had, had divorced when he was nine years old and raised by my grandpa who was on the railroad. My dad basically raised himself, but done some, some things that when he gave his life to Christ, he said, I've got to make it right. I've got to go back to these people. I've heard a lot of those stories over the years. I think in this moment, you can have some retribution that comes with your remorse. Where you're like, I've got to make things right. We have, we have this word that really is at the core, the heart of all of this, called repent. Repent. That means I want to turn, that's the definition, I want to turn my life around. In other words, I'm not just sorry, whether you confessed or you got caught, I'm not just sorry for what I've done. I want to turn my life around. I don't want to keep going the same direction I've been going. This is not getting me anywhere good. I want to go a different direction. And so you repent. The next word that I want you to notice with repentance, because sometimes I think we can jump over repentance. Close your eyes, no one looking around. If you're here today, raise your hand. You want to accept Jesus, and trust me, as your pastor, I love every one of these moments. But we get, you know, videographers and photographers and drones and T-shirts and baptism, and I love baptism. I can't wait till baptisms today. And we talk about the Holy Spirit, and we do series on it, and I love the Holy Spirit. But today, I just want to press pause for a moment. I don't want to just jump over the baptism of repentance, because I think it's really important when we repent that we cover some of these things. This next word is what I would say, what I would call review. Everyone say review. When you repent, I think it's good to review. And ask yourself some questions like this. What have I done? You know, I've had people before, Amy, over my years of pastoring. I've had people before that told me they cursed themselves out. Not just one or two. I've had quite a few people that have told me they've cursed themselves out. Not saying it's wise, but people have told me, I've looked in the mirror, I've talked to myself, like, what did I do? That's so stupid. You knew better. What have I done? I'm not saying to do that, but in a healthy way, a healthy way. I think it's important to say, what have I done? So the prodigal son, right? The story of the prodigal son, he says, what have I done? I have sinned before heaven. I've sinned before my father. I think it's healthy to say, what have I done? Who have I hurt? Right? Because how many knows that a lot of times sin doesn't just affect you? It affects others. What have I done? Who have I hurt? What would I do differently? So this is the review of repentance. What would I do differently? So if I'm in the gym again, if I'm having that conversation again, if people are like, hey, Friday night, everyone's going. If that man, that woman tells you again, you're cute, you look good, I like your hair, oh, your muscles, whatever it is, you know where it got you last time. You know when you put a bunch of codes and passwords on your phone and iPad or you take it into other rooms or locked it, you know where it takes you. So when you're repenting, there is a review. What would I do differently? Are there some places, some things, some people, I'm not going to put myself around that because I know what can happen. God, I want to help you today. I think it's important to review. I think it's important to ask ourselves the question, what have I learned? So when you and I repent, a lot of times we say old things are passed away, all things become new. I think when we review, hopefully we all grow spiritually. Where we're like, you know what? I, I'm a better person today than I was then. And we ask ourselves the question, what have I learned in all of this? Well, I've learned that I probably shouldn't do that. And I've learned that maybe accountability or responsibility or someone that I'm transparent with, right? And then I think when you learn, God uses your story for his glory in that you can help other people. So when that guy, when that 
woman comes to you and says, hey, I'm struggling with, or I started, or I'm texting this person, or I'm messaging, or we had this conversation at the gym, and you're able to say, hey, man, don't do that. Like, hey, don't let yourself, that's a slippery slope, Proverbs says, don't do it, because the end of that is destruction, and all of a sudden, because you had some review and assessments and analysis, and you learned what got you in the place that, that you were, now you're able to help someone else, and they don't have to go through everything you went through, right? So as we're looking at repentance today, you have this review and then you have the final two that I would call release and refocus. Release and refocus. Over the years, I think this might be the one that people struggle with the most. I have things I will take with me to my grave where people have told me, Pastor Micah, I've never told anybody. I've never told any cry. I had three abortions, Pastor Micah. Nobody knows. Pastor Micah, I've never told anyone about the affair. And if people knew, and I've had people that have confessed to me taxes and monies and so many things that whenever I get buried, all of these things and conversations and tears, but over the years, I think this might be one of the most important parts of repentance. So you have the regret and remorse. I'm not saying you need to look in the mirror and cuss yourself out like people have told me, but I've had people tell me that. What were you doing? Why did you do that? And I've watched them repent. And I believe when someone repents, I believe God forgives them, not just some or most, I believe he forgives them of all of it. I believe he takes sin and puts it in the sea of forgetfulness. I believe that. I've watched people review and say, I would never do that again. And here's why. I've watched people share their story and help other people from going down that path. But these final two are really important. Whether you were the one offended, because sometimes people, remember when I told you sin doesn't usually just hurt one person? Sometimes even the person offended struggles with these last two. And I think the offender definitely does. Release. Where we could repent, but we never really release. And so if I sat with you today, you would talk about your sin from 10 years ago like it happened 10 minutes ago because you've never really released. I mean, what are the chances today that God has actually forgotten some things you're still remembering? You're still talking about, you're still beating yourself up about, because you've never really released. We're celebrating the second baptism, water baptism today, and we're going to say things like, old things are passed away and all things are become new. But I would submit to you today that an important part of all of that celebration is you, once and for all, being able to release, release. No wonder, no wonder the Apostle Paul his name was Saul, and he was part of torturing the church and murders and killings. He gives his life to God, and he's following Jesus. No wonder he tells us, I don't have it all together, but this one thing, one, one, one thing I do, forgetting the things that are behind and reaching forth, that's the refocus, reaching forth to the things that are before I think it's hard for you to press toward the prize. I think it's hard for you to really believe in the purpose and plan God has for you. I think it's difficult for you to refocus if you never really release. What do you need to release today? Maybe for some of you, it's the first time you're having the remorse and regret and repentance, but you need to release it today. For others, maybe you're that person that talks about 10 years ago like it just happened this morning. And God is saying, I need you to take a step. I mean, I'm telling you, I prayed with men outside today with tears streaming down their face on the sidewalk 
And maybe today you need to have that kind of a moment where you take a step, a spiritual step into Romans chapter 8, verse number 1. You know what that verse says, Anthony? Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation, no condemnation, no beating yourself up, no telling yourself you're a dirty dog. You, anyone in this room, anyone online, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are, who are in Christ Jesus. And maybe someone today in this baptism of repentance needs to say, God, thank you for forgiving me. And today I'm going to forgive myself and I'm going to release it because I need to refocus and for me to get to where I want to go and where you want me to go. Come on, StorySide, I've got to release it. So I want to pray for you today. The Bible says in this chapter, people were coming, and they were being changed. They were coming, and they were becoming. When you come to Jesus Christ, when you come to God, this baptism of repentance, this baptism of water, this baptism of the Spirit, it changes you. It changes you. Are you thankful for life change today? I want to pray for you, because maybe you need that kind of change. Maybe you need that kind of change today. You read it with me, this beautiful baptism of Jesus, the voice of heaven saying, I love you, I'm pleased with you. Maybe someone even right now, you need to hear heaven tell you, I love you. I love you. I'm pleased with you. You're my child. The voice said, you're my son. Maybe you need to hear that voice right now. I see several people crying, wiping tears, and that's just in the front few rows. Four or five people I see wiping tears. In this holy moment, maybe heaven could let you know, I love you. I love you. I love you. I forgive you. You say, but I have remorse and regret. Join the crowd. You know how many people on the planet have remorse and regret? That's the beauty of repentance. I repent, I'm not just sorry. I wanna change. The Bible says if you'll believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. What if you're part of the whoever crowd today? This is your chance to call on the name of the Lord. Maybe it's for the first time. Others, Others today, maybe you've given your life to Christ, but you know you've never really released. You've never really released. You're still holding it. Offender or offended, you're still holding it. You're saying, well, if my ex 20 years ago, well, if my uncle, well, if my last church, my last pastor, my last job, my last... Maybe the hardest one, because we're our own worst critics, maybe the hardest one is, is if it was something you done. You done it. What if today you just open up that hand spiritually and you just say, I release it to you today, God. I release it to you today. Does it mean it was right? No. Does it mean you shouldn't review and Make a bunch of changes and assessments. I just want to pray for someone today that you've made it through those first few steps, but you're stuck here. You're stuck on this one. And you today in his holy presence, you want to release and refocus. Release and refocus. Paul said this one thing. Come on, story side. This is a big one. It's one thing I do. So as you close your eyes today, you give me the opportunity to pray for you. If you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never given your life to God, you say, Micah, will you pray for me? I have regret and remorse, and I want to repent today. Whether you have tears like I've seen, or maybe your heart's racing fast, maybe you've been thinking about this for a while, but you are ready to repent. 
God will hear you right now. As you begin to say things like, dear Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. I'm ready to repent. I'm not just sorry. I want to be saved today. Will you forgive me of all of my sin? Not just being born in sin, but even my ongoing actions. Will you forgive me of my sin today? Talk to him, he's listening. For others that would say, I've got wayward, I've, I've waned, I know that I'm off track. I know it, Micah. Why don't you come back to God today? Why don't you come back to Jesus right now? I feel him at work. I'm not just saying it, I feel the Holy Spirit as I'm talking. That same love that spoke from heaven and told Jesus, I love you, this is my beloved son, I love you. I believe that same God is at work right now telling some of you, I love you. I love you. I'm pleased with this prayer you're praying right now. I'm pleased with these decisions and choices you're making right now. If you need to release something to God, would you think of some situations in your life that you know you need to release? Maybe someone that, I know the Bible said she hated John. Maybe you hate someone. Maybe you hate someone. Would you think of that release you need to make right now? Maybe it's something you've done six months, five years, 20 years ago, and you continue to beat yourself up. What if you release that right now? What if someone hurt you? And you say, God, I don't even know if it can all happen today, but I would, I would at least like to get started. And I want to I start right now by saying, you know what, I, I'll acknowledge it, and I want to try to release it. What if that happened for you right now? These baptisms are beautiful. Baptism of repentance, baptism of water, baptism of his spirit. This is a beautiful baptism kind of day. When you release, I believe it can help you to refocus. As I get ready to pray, if you feel God speaking to you in any one of these areas, would you just raise a hand as a sign to say, Pastor Michael, would you pray for me? Thank you. Hands are going up all over the room. Would you pray for me today? Wow, hands are going up for real all over the room. Would you pray for me today? Once you have something that you're ready for me to pray about, that, that thing you want to release, whether it's a person or a thing, once you have it in mind, just raise your hand up just so I can see your hand as I'm praying. I want you to think of one word that describes what you want to release today. Once you have that one word, just raise your hand up. God, I pray right now for people that are releasing everything from their life. Some of them, all of their sin, others, anger, disappointment, unforgiveness. We cast our cares on you today. We release today because we want to refocus. We want to follow you, Jesus. We want to live for you. I thank you for every prayer that is being prayed by people in this room and people that are watching today. Find every phone, every tablet, every iPad. I'm asking you, God, work your way to people that are on their jobs at work. Work your way to people that are sitting in that room feeling alone. Remind them they're not alone. I thank you for your Holy Spirit even right now as we're praying. I thank you that every tear is talking to you right now. I believe that. I believe that you hear their hearts, that you're forgiving someone today. Maybe they're not Anne's Hatfield 71 and 15 plus deaths, but their story, their pain, 
all of these weights that they're carrying even today, saying, Pastor Micah, if you knew my childhood, if you knew that job, if you knew my ex, but today the peace of God and the presence of God is sweeping over every story. You're letting them know, I love you. I love you. You're letting them know that with your help, we can release. And we can refocus. And I pray these prayers in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Will you say that with me? Thank you, Jesus. Can we say it again? Thank you, Jesus. Our greatest example of the release is Jesus. Aren't you thankful he doesn't hold on? He's forgiven you. He... Thank you, Jesus. As we get ready to conclude our service today, we're going to sing Graves into Gardens. I'm going to head out to one of my favorite days of the year, the water baptisms, the river baptisms. It's, it's an amazing moment. Before we do that, I just, I asked a couple of people the other day that are getting baptized today. I've shared with you the number just keeps growing. And I've asked these people, share with me some of this baptism celebration, baptism of repentance, baptism of water, baptism of the Spirit. Because I, I think sometimes we read scriptures a couple of thousand years old, but it's good to see what God's still doing in 2021, right? It's not just the book we read. It's not just great history. God's still at work. And so these are just a few of the faces that we are going to dunk and hold under for a while. Huh? <laughs> I love you, Chris Carmel. Lots of emotions today. My one daughter, I have three daughters, but my one daughter, Jalen, she's 18. She leaned over to me before uh, preaching earlier, and she's like, Dad, you know today's my last Sunday before I leave for college, right? You can't tell me that before I come up here. <laughs> and then she says, you better do good. Uh, like, okay, put the pressure on. Chris, tell story side when you look at that regret and remorse and repentance and releasing and refocusing and tell story side where you were, where was Chris Carmel? The enemy never thought you'd be sitting on a stage today, put it that way. If he looked at July 25th, 2021, he sure didn't think you were up here with a microphone. Where was Chris then? Where is Chris now? Well, last service, I... I knew it wasn't possible to get our whole story out. Um, but where I was, it was October 30th of just uh, 2020. And I always believed in God and knew that Jesus died for me. But in one singular moment, my wife and I had the same God moment. And I felt so trapped in sin, and I felt, I felt the hand of God reaching out to me in that moment of, it wasn't a moment of, um, it was actually a moment of both getting caught, but not really getting caught, but also of uh, admitting, uh, admitting something. and. I felt God's hand reaching out to me and I didn't care what repercussions were to come. I just knew that what truth was, thanks to the John in my life that I had and, and Jen Williams. Is Jen here? Yeah, she's where, here. Where are you at, Jen? It's one of, one of our Get back here. so beloved. She was my John. She didn't even know the sin that I was going through. And she said, Chris, of course, 
she's just my wife's friend at the time. She says, Chris, God will not bless what you're going through right now. And, and I didn't want to believe that. I wanted to think that what I was going through was, it, it, was, it was my truth. And I had that person in my life that told me that that was not going to be blessed. And, and, and along with that, I had an amazing wife that continues to show grace to me and forgiveness. And, and through all that, I know that, I know that God loves me and he, it just so, it feels so good to not feel left behind. Mm. I just, I, I know that, I know that there's more for me. I've heard, I've heard it said, Chris, that God can't fix fake. You, you, you have to be honest with him. He knows it anyway, but we have to be honest with him. We have to pour our heart out to him. We have to have these repentance moments we've talked about. You use the word without knowing the repercussions. I've had people over the years that have told me, I got so dark, so down, Micah, I wanted to die. I've had people tell me, I wanted to die, like there was just no way out, I didn't know where to go. So there's all different levels and layers of sin, but what would you say, what would you say to that person that's listening today, that's saying, I've made such a mess, I feel like it's all falling apart. Now you're sitting here on a stage. I watch you worship. I watch what God's doing in your life. You're getting baptized today. What would you say to that person who's back to your October kind of moment? That's like, there's no way out. Like there's no, what would you say to that person today who's listening? Well, I have had a, a couple conversations with some close friends of mine that I love dearly and you know when you're living on one side of the cross and those are things that you're doing things that you know aren't right but you feel like you've, you're trapped and, and, and God just he doesn't want the brokenness that you are and when you finally realize for yourself that God doesn't God wants broken. He wants to fix the broken. When you realize that God wants to be the one to put your life together. It's really good. That that is, you, you, you just got to just put it all out there. Put it all out there for him. In our final few minutes, Molly, from your perspective, because when I look at you sitting here in the, on this couch today, you're like sitting right in a miracle. You know what I mean? Like, you, it's a miracle. But from your perspective, the pain, that process of repentance, you're getting baptized today. You know, just those moments of coming up out of the water, old things passed away, all things become new. What would you say that you're so thankful for when it comes to the way that God has just picked up all of these pieces and putting it back together again? I'm just thankful for the people that God has put into our life. You know, we've always, we tried to live life our own way and it didn't work. And we had the right, he's brought the right friendships into our lives and he just continues to bless us. And the thing that I struggle the most with is just still the unforgiveness and that's what I truly want to release and it's not the unforgiveness with my husband um, I've totally forgiven um, just others yeah. I don't know if I answered I am, no you did I am so glad I know when I text you guys and you were like I am nervous <laughs> I am not the speaker <laughs> I am so glad that you would even join me today and just share some of your story. I think we would all say how thankful we are for what God's doing in the Carmel family. Are kids getting baptized today too? They are. Yes, like, we got like a family miracle today. What a family miracle. So Britt, 
what would you say that God is helping you when it comes to releasing what he's changing in your life? What is God helping Brittany with? Um, I think the biggest thing that God is helping me with is just receiving his love for me. Um, I, I've grown up in a very conservative world and um, had a very judgmental, punitive view of who God was yep. and spent a lot of time feeling like I was just on the outskirts. Like, Jesus loved me, but God tolerated me, and he had to tolerate me because of Jesus' sacrifice, but he didn't want me. And when you walk through life that way... It's not good. Um, you're, it's not. It's not good. You're, you feel disconnected from everyone. You feel disconnected from God. You feel disconnected from people. And the biggest thing that God um, has been teaching me since I found my way here um, to StorySide is to open up and to receive his love. Um, that he's not mad at me. That he loves me. Um, and he's brought people into my life who have shown his love to me. Um, I have a tattoo that says, open up, let the light in. A tattoo? <laughs> Everyone stretch your hands towards Brittany. Uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm, I'm kidding, bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a tattoo that says, Sorry. Um, no, you're fine. Uh, it says, open up, let the light in. And that was a song lyric that God was just really put on my heart because I was just in this place of, if, if this is how you are, if you're this punitive, yep. if you're like this mean, I don't know if I want you in my life. And he was just saying to me in that really dark place, I'm not scared of that. I'm not scared of you to say that. Just open up, let the light in. So what would you say, Britt? Because we have very similar, we have very similar backgrounds in the rigidity yeah. of religion. So like, when I talk about, we have shared this a little bit before, but when I talk about my childhood, everything was a sin. Like, we didn't go to movies, we didn't have TV, like, and I'm not saying it's bad, you know, as far as, you know, the way I was raised, but people were joking, like, you were Amish, or like, but it was just so strict. But I think the danger was, you know, I never seen my mom or sister in a pair of pants, never seen them wear makeup. Uh, there were certain colors we didn't wear, red and different colors. People would say not to wear a sweater's red hat. Uh, but they would say reasons for all this stuff. You know, we didn't go to a lot of sporting events. I think I was 16 or 18 first time I went to a bowling alley. That, that was wrong. It's all these lists of things. It wasn't even the list of things that were wrong so much as it was married to that was God. And so I, all I could think of all the time growing up was I'm disappointing God. God's mad at me because it was so hard to keep everything on the list. When my sister uh, got to be late teenager, you know, early adult, she pulled way back from a lot of the church stuff. And I, and I think she's watching online right now, but she, she would talk about and tell her story, how it has taken her years to get away from that and try to find what you're talking about. Like, is there a God that loves me? Is there a God that can still speak the truth, but it's in love? Like, is there a God who gives grace? Is there a God? What would you say to that person on site or online today that they're like Brittany or my sister's Becky? They're that person who's like, I was so hurt by religion. I think in your words, you, you told me the one time that you were almost ready to be like, I'm just going to like step back a little bit from all of this. What would you say to that person who has stepped back and you would say, but I've actually stepped towards, you're on the worship team now, like you're not even the same person I met a few years ago. What would you say to that person today who has stepped back that is just leery about stepping forward again? What would you say to that person about why they need to make a move? Because I'm sure they're having all of these thoughts go through their head of I'm not doing that again. What would you say to that person? I would say open up, let the light in. Um, I would say that I, I grew up hearing that God loved me. I grew up hearing that Jesus loved me, but I couldn't see it. 
And I promise you that if you can, if you're just willing to lean into that, if you're willing to trust that, I promise you he will catch you every single time. Mm. He will meet you there. And he's not afraid of you saying, I don't trust this right now. Yep. He'll sit with you in that. He'll love you through that. When, when I hear Molly say, I'm releasing, it was unforgiveness, right? I'm releasing unforgiveness. What, what is Brittany releasing in this season of her life? Um, I was really hoping I'd get through second service <laughs> and not cry. Um, the thing that I'm releasing right now is abandonment. Um, to find Jesus, I lost a lot of people. Um, and this is one of those, it, it's almost like a full circle thing. The first time I, I leaned into this, pro- this process, I had to trust Jesus because it didn't, the feeling wasn't there yet, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm going through this process now of releasing being abandoned by some of the people in my life. And the feeling is not there. It's still hurtful. But I'm trusting. I'm trusting that he has a plan even when I don't see it. I'm trusting that he's somehow, some way, he's going to get glory out of it. My wife and I, I know the whole church feels this way. We love Brittany Shannon. We love Brittany Shannon. Patrick, I don't have my glasses on, so what that means is that's all a blur back there. What time does that say? 12.10. Ontario's going to be here at 12.30 or 12.45 to be baptized. So for me, they put that up there for me. I can't even see it. I'm like, I just know once a bunch of people start going to the bathroom and stuff, and some people are like sleeping, I'm like, it's got to be close to noon. Uh, that's usually how I gauge it on Sundays. Like, I, I think it's almost that time. Uh, <laughs> Seems like they're like disengaged. Let's pray. Uh, I'm, 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 uh, I'm kidding. Uh, did you hear squeaky shoes again a few minutes ago? Yeah. While you were, did you hear it while you were talking? Now you know how I feel. Huh? Even when you were talking, it's like, yeah, get someone besides me. Patrick, what is, uh, what is God helping you release in your life? I'm going to have to say there's actually a few things since we've talked the first service. Uh, he's helping really release some anger, uh, some disappointment in certain people, and just me forgiving those certain people for what they've done and I had to go through after everything that they did. So you're being baptized today? Yes. What are you thankful for that God is doing in your life right now? Uh, first of all, I have to say I'm thankful for my wife and my in-laws. Uh, they are the ones who have brought me back to God and Jesus and church. Um, <laughs> as a kid, we went to church with my family, small little farm community church. Uh, we went there for a little while. Then we ended up stopped going, sports and all that, all that kind of fun stuff went through. Then we went back. I got more involved with the church did the senior choir thing, young guy in the senior choir. <laughs> then I was helping with their run their screen projector thing and all that, did the youth group thing, and then something happened and with the pastor, and my dad said, all right, that's it, we're done, we're not going anymore. So I kind of just shoved it off to the side. I still believed in God and Jesus, but we just stopped going to church. Um, and then I had my own business. I had a restaurant for just under a year, and that's what I'm, disappointment, my anger, and everything else had come in, and that's what I'm forgiving those two certain people and what they've done, and I'm just, I'm ready to accept Jesus more. I need to become more in the word with God to be more of a godly person for my wife and for hopefully our future kids, and I just want to be more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the color red is the red hat. <laughs> Are you sure it's the red hat? 
But uh, I just want to become more one with God and be more godly oriented in the family and put him as a center of our family and just have everything revolve around him and no. not all the other distractions that could happen. It's just more focused on that. I told you this earlier, but I mean, it's as heartfelt as heartfelt can be. I love that you're on the worship team. I do too. Uh, watching you up here e even earlier, just your fists going and, you know, in, so I've read several writings, but in Vernon's book on church, he writes 92% of men don't want to go to church. Nowadays, 92% of men don't want to go to church. And when I look at, at the stage up here, Travis is getting ready to lead Graves into Gardens, but you're sharing your story. Chris, I, I look all over the room. There's men everywhere. I am so grateful for all of the men that are coming and serving God and living for Jesus. And so I'm proud of you. I'm very, very proud of you. These guys are getting baptized today as well as a lot of other people. They're going to be changing, getting prepared uh, for baptism. We're going to be back at the river in just a, a little bit for those baptisms. Before we do that, I want Patrick to pray. Uh, I, I think today's a big day for people. I really do. Patrick, when I was out there and those guys were raising their hands, crying on the sidewalk, and then when I was sharing, people was crying all over. This, this could be a really big day for you. See, you said your day was October 30th. October 30th. Some of you could tell stories. I promise you, some of you could tell stories years down the road where you would say, July 25th, 2021 changed my life. I believe that, that, they could, that, that you could have that kind of a God moment today. And so when you're hearing words up here, disappointment, you know, un unforgiveness, you know, anger, just all of these different words. Keep thinking about that throughout today and this week and just keep asking God, help me to release and refocus. Help me to release and refocus. Uh, and I believe, I believe you have your biggest fan in Jesus. There's nobody who wants you to move forward more than God. I believe that God is cheering you on today. And so, Patrick, why don't you pray a prayer over people that are, are releasing? And then Travis is going to lead us in graves into gardens, and we're going to go out celebrating uh, what God is doing. Heavenly Father, we come to you today to help us all release whatever it is that we need to release and just focus on what we need to focus on in the coming ways. Get, get rid of all the negativity. Bring in all the positivity and the goodness that you are and that you will ever will be. Um, just shine your light upon all those that are going down to the river today along with the four of us up here just be with us show us your goodness show us your kindness show us how you want us to be and how you want us to uh, live our lives along with our families and friends and whoever else random people out in the world just let us show him, show everybody your goodness through us and just be let us be your hands in your, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Story side, can we stand all over the room? Are you thankful for Jesus today?